Hi guys, Ryan here, another special episode of the Space Update today. Coming up on today's show, we'll be chatting with Business Operations Manager Derek Harris from the UK's up-and-coming launch provider Skyrora. Established in June 2017, Skyrora is a private space company based here in the United Kingdom and specialises in design, manufacture and development of rockets to clear the way for small satellite manufacturers looking to access space. Headquartered in Edinburgh, Headquartered in Edinburgh, get that right, with facilities across Europe, Skyrod is developing launch vehicle technology to ensure that life-changing benefits of space are realised here on Earth. Uh, before we kick things off, joining me on today's show is... I'm Astro Rody, host of STEM Study. Join us, Joy. And can I start off saying a big thank you for joining us uh, on the show today, Derek. Uh, how are you today? I'm great. It's lovely to be here. It's nice to meet Astro Rodi and yourself for the first time properly. I'm happy to answer any questions. Yeah, thank you very much. And can we just start off? Uh, obviously, there's a lot going on in the world at the moment, and uh, obviously, businesses shutting down, being restricted, and everything. How's life been with uh, Skyrora with all the restrictions here in the UK so far? And you've been doing a lot with the local community as well. Yeah, it was a. Uh... Well, I, I think we can all say it was a bit of a surprise. We could see it coming, but no one really thought it was going to be as bad as it was. Yeah. Uh, I know when we first heard about it, I was heading off to Washington, D.C. for one of the conferences. And we were sort of joking about going away, like, oh, no, typical, we'll be in an aeroplane. You normally get your aeroplane cold sort of thing. This will be where we catch it or something. Mm. <laughs> then we came back and literally... We had said, right, when we come back, we'll do seven to 10 days self-isolation. Uh, this was before any of the regulations were in play, just in case, and then we'll see what happens. Literally got back on the Thursday, Friday, uh, got text on the Saturday. Yeah, we're just working from home going forward. So it, it just was a huge change. So for the business team, like myself, that's not too much of a difficulty because we have our laptops. We can work whether it's California or whether it's the, the coast yeah. of Edinburgh, basically, <laughs> Costa del Portobello, as I would call it. Uh, it. It doesn't really matter. As long as I've got my laptop and an internet connection, we can work. But when it comes down to the technical and the engineering side of things, th those guys obviously need to be hands-on. They need special tools. As, uh, I would hate to try and explain to someone why you're trying to build a part of a rocket in your garden for something like that. So... It, we'd, we'd looked at it and seen what we could do. So the first thing we realised was we could put things on pause because we thought, right, this will be short term, and that's what we did. Put it on pause, and we decided to make uh, full face visors and hand sanitizer for the local community hospitals and those who were in need. So, for example, one of the local hospitals, we were aware of uh, that the accident emergency department didn't have enough face visors. So as soon as we found that out, we got in contact with them, got them down a box of sort of 40, 50, whatever the requirement was the next game day. So we wanted to make sure that we, we look after the communities that we work in. Mm. But going forward, as we could tell this was going longer and longer, we realised we were in danger of missing our targets, our milestones. So we had to look around with it. The government then made sort of aerospace uh, restriction-free in a way. So we were still restricted, but we were still counted as sort of national infrastructure for working. So we just had to make sure we had special regulations in place. So full face masks at all time. Uh, we institutionalised uh, temperature checks uh, two or three times a day. 
uh, things like that. And we ended up actually taking on another two facilities a little bit earlier in the same area that we work in just to, so we could space our team out and keep them safe. So we could keep that sort of two metres yeah. distance rule where possible. And, uh, obviously, although it's slowed down production, you still keep things ticking over. Previously speaking with some of the guys from the production side, the were still going in, but they were doing like split shifts from what I gather from speaking to some of them, speaking to Robin and some of the other guys. Yeah, certainly. So uh, the engineering guys, you'll never hear a bad word out of me about them. They they work so hard. Uh, not that my business team doesn't work <laughs> hard, but those those guys will be done everything they could. So when we were doing the static test, for example, which you would have seen the footage of, uh, the guys worked in shifts, so because they couldn't all be there at the same time and work on what was needed, it was four-hour shifts on, four-hour shifts off, and it let them nap. And we done it all through the night, sort of thing. Uh, so because of Scotland being that light at that time of year, basically there was only about an hour where there wasn't daylight, and we had floodlights and stuff. So we just made sure that there wasn't anything that was really technical or too hands-on that you needed to pay too attention for. So. Uh, during those sort of hours of light, it was mostly rearranging things and moving things that needed to be moved. But yeah, that filed all the way down into the actual workshops and such as well. So some some people would do Monday to Friday, some would do uh, some would be doing Wednesday to Sunday, mm. uh, and it would just be a sort of split shift that way, so we could keep things moving. Yeah, but, uh, hopefully, very soon things will be come back to some kind of. Uh normality uh here in the uk i uh, can't say the quite the same for for joy over there in the us but uh slowly but surely getting there uh, which is all, all fantastic and hopefully uh, get cracking with a, a launch and everything but uh in a previous show we previously had uh, the european space agency on the show talking about uh, the boost initiative and the recent award of three million euros to skyrora um this fantastic news for skyrora absolutely amazing um, can you give us, our viewers, uh, a bit more background on the funding received from the European Space Agency and how it will help the UK in becoming a fair, launch fairing nation once again after the eight years from the Black Arrow project that ended some 50 years ago back in the 70s? Yes, yeah, certainly. So the the funding that's came from the ESA Boost is great uh, with that. While we're fully funded and privately funded, what it does is not only give us money that we can start to expand a little bit quicker, so future workshops and such, uh, but it also gives us that brand approval, that company approval by ESA and the UK Space Agency. So because anybody that applies for these sort of funding grants has to go through quite a lot of rigorous checks for due diligence, uh, all, all the sort of things you would expect for, for companies, basically, that are going to get some sort of funding from a government body, you go through that. But then it also means that they've came out, they've looked at our facilities, they've seen our engine tests and they've seen Skylark L, they've, they've seen a lot of our equipment and how we're doing it. And I know the feedback we got from them in person was they were very impressed uh, that we had done so much in such a little time and, on, and considering the budget that we we're working with. Uh, and I think that's what came out of it the most was they were very impressed with how we handle our funding. Uh, that we only went in for 3 million. We never went in for 8, 10, 15, which we could have because we wanted to show them we can do this and I'm sorry, this is what our budget is and this is what we can do with it. So then if we decide to go back for anything else, they know, well, these guys are pretty frivolous. They're, they're not there just to sort of fleece the system. They're, they're there to 
move science forward or move rocketry forward. Yeah, that just just shows that you're a very versatile company, given the amount of money given and what you can do with it. Uh, I mean, you've got, I mean, if you look back, 2017, you set up, and now you've got Skylark L, pretty much 99% ready to go within reason. Uh, as far as I'm aware, anyway. Uh, but you've got the test stand facilities. God knows how many engine tests. I know Robin said it's in the, well, in double figures at the moment, if not uh, soon triple figures, uh, as far as I'm aware. But uh, we should be updated on the actual accurate number on that. But just absolutely amazing what you've achieved so far in the past uh, three years. And it's just going to absolutely rock it off, if you like, pardon the pun. <laughs> I've noticed you got a, like, uh, a lot of shipping containers and stuff. Like, how how portable are, are you as far as, like, I know, like, you're still working on some things and, and, and negotiating some things. So you, you're kind of stuck where you need to be a little bit mobile with things. Yeah, so a lot of that came, came about is probably they say you, you emulate the ones that you love sort of thing or the ones that you look towards. And I think you just need to look at how SpaceX started out. It was a lot of containerized, being agile, and that's sort of where we've took that approach from. Uh, we've looked at it and we've thought, well, why not have our filling stations and various other command stations made in these sort of modular containers or cabins as such? Because then if it comes to it, it could be, well, we're watching from Shetland, we're watching from the Western Isles, uh, but we could, our whole aspect is we want to be able to be agile and launch within a few days. So for example, if, God forbid, there was a war or, or some natural disaster and they needed a, a nano satellite up there or a people satellite or something to monitor that region for X amount of time, we would be able to go with very limited infrastructure launch that satellite, get in place so they could get that information or to help feed back into the recovery effort and such. So that's kind of where that whole thing has came from. We've all need to be rapid and responsive. Uh, and then it's just sort of, we've built from there and there and there. And a lot of that, as I say, came from sort of just looking at how SpaceX started and seeing the agility and from their very first sort of launch pads. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, so you kind of have like a modular setup in a way with all the containers. Uh, like like you said, there you just pick up and within reason if you need to move the launch site, you can. Given the if you got the all the approval via the government uh, restrictions and stuff like that, but just absolutely fantastic setup that you can probably just be so versatile and just move things from point A to point B in a matter of days uh, if if needs be for a different. Uh, different orbits or inclination or whatever it may be that you need to do with the payload. During our chat with the European Space Agency on the future submissions and possibility of SCARA applying for further funding, uh, put it to the European Space Agency with the three million funding being and gone, that's, that's being used up in the next three, four, five years, would there be potential for SCARA to come back? And they essentially said, yes, the door's always open. Um, so would uh, Skyrora go back for the Skyrora rockets or the Space Talk or anything like that? Yeah, that's a great question there. I, I have to admit, we would love to go back. And as I say, it's a case of going back when there's an necessity or we think there's something there that's maybe outside the normal scope of what we're aiming to do, which the additional funding would help with. So you mentioned the Space Tug there, for example. It's got great potential 
and I know some, uh, from speaking with Lisa, it's something that it piqued their interest a little bit because of the ability to refuel satellites that are already up there, repurpose and deorbit. So it's basically helping a little bit with space debris for dead satellites and things. So it's very early generation one of this. And the more we can sort of put forward into it, the more opportunities there's going to be with it. Uh, there's not a huge amount of difference between the space tug and what you would need for a lunar landing vehicle, for example, or other types of vehicles. So I would certainly expect if there was a need uh, that ESA was looking for, for example, say vehicles to land on asteroids or the moon, things like this, and there was a call for it, we would certainly look to put forward and work with ESA again because it's been an absolute pleasure, the feedback and just learning uh, more and more about space from basically the national agencies. Uh, recently, uh, we had an announcement from the government NB uh, branch, JAPS uh, Secretary of State for Transport, uh, made an announcement um, a few days ago. Today marks a pivotal moment for UK spaceflight ahead of this month's G7 meeting. These regulations pave way for us to be the first country to launch from Europe uh, with sites planned across the UK. Uh, he said, I want to inspire young youngsters to reach the skies as we build back better. Developed with the UK Space Agency and the Civil Aviation Authority, uh, these new regulations being laid in par Parliament will mean satellites, rockets, can launch from the UK soil for the very first time uh, with spaceports planned for Cornwall, Wales and Scotland, which is just absolutely fantastic news and, and fantastic news for your Skylark L rocket, which is essentially waiting in the wings ready to go, isn't it, Derek, I think? Yeah, so as you said earlier, Skylark L is 99% ready to go. That 1% was basically waiting for the regulations and the announcements that were sort of going through yesterday. I know our legal team's going through and reviewing to see what needs to be done to allow that to get launched this year. But I think what we need to do is, you mentioned earlier how we turned around to help our local community and sort of reach out. It would be so easy for us to just be blind to it and saying, well, you promised us regulations by XX and X dates and things have been a bit slower than that. But people have been pulled away from their normal roles, whether that be the UK Space Agency or HMRC or any other government departments, all to do with the pandemic. So that you have to give them a big round of applause for actually getting out what they've got and the timescale that they've got. Uh, as I say, it would be so easy just to sort of take the bitter pill and go, no, you, you've, you, you're slower than you said you would be. But They've, they've pushed forward to sort of support the, the real heroes of the NHS for it. From from my point of view, I have to agree, this is what we've been needing, the, a big push, a big announcement to get people excited about space again in the UK. If we don't get the children excited about it, who's going to be our future engineers? Who's going to be launching in 10, 15 years' time when I'm hopefully retired and sitting on a beach with my dog? Who's going to be launching the rockets for us? <laughs> so we need to get the kids excited now so they know where they can go and what so you can have a nice going science. forward. <laughs> Very much. So I don't, I'm, I'm not looking for anything too much. <laughs> Just somewhere nice. And it doesn't even need to be sunny. Just where there's water and sand for the dog. <laughs> <laughs> and the potential for Sky, Skyrocket to be the first company to launch in Europe, that must be... Absolutely amazing prospect to be potentially be the first one to do that in Europe. Yeah, to to be honest, to be first is everything. Uh, 
not just reputation, but it proves out everything that we've done. The whole approach that from our head of engineering, JJ, uh, Dr. JJ Marlowe, down to our accountants, uh, Suzanne, Victor, Kate, uh, everything that we've done would be proved out has been done the correct way and for the correct purposes once that launch goes on that very first launch. And I'm sure you'll see a lot of smiley faces, uh, not only from us, but from the government for that purpose. But doesn't mean if we don't make first, it's not great. Well, unfortunately, I'm Scottish. When it comes to it, you always want to win everything we enter. Uh, I'm used to disappointment, especially in sports. But <laughs> I think looking out there, you've got some great competitors out there. I, you never speak. I've, I've always been brought up that you don't speak bad of people. Uh, and if you're going to, you just don't speak about them at all. So you look at the likes of RFA and how tremendously well they've done and Hyper Impulse and how well they're doing. And you know, like these guys, if you'd look five, 10 years ago, there's a lot of people out there with a PowerPoint just saying, well, we're going to build these rockets. Well, we're, we're now four or five years down the line and people, you're seeing the ones who have basically were out to just grab a little bit of money that was available at the time and those that are actually putting hardware out and testing hardware. So, it's a friendly competition for me. Yeah, it's just absolutely incredible. And potential launch end of year, or do you think more early 2022? Oh, well, Skylark L, if I get my way, will go, I'm hoping to go late August, early September. Yeah. Uh, as I said, depending on what the regulations say, it, uh, my legal team come back to me, it'll depend what we go with that. But I know we've spoken with a lot of the, uh, with Shetland Dam, Spaceport One, uh, about trying to get Skylar Kel flying from there. It all depends on the regulations and what our legal team sort of translates that to. Yeah, because you essentially have your own launch pad and everything already within reason just to set up and go, referring back to that like modular system and everything. Again, you have to have another shout out for myself <laughs> to, we'd have to be to the spaceports because uh, they're all going through their planning processes. They, they and for anyone that's ever built anything or had to do anything with planning, it's a difficult process if it's a house, if it's a factory. When you're trying to do a launch site, there's so much that's worked into there. And because we're so close with them, we get to see the ins and outs of what they're doing, how they're trying to make it environmentally friendly and sort of sustainable to as much as humanly possible. So these are the main key things that I'm seeing with them. So the guys are really doing this as well. And it seems to be something the UK and Scotland are really, really focusing on with the space market is to try and be environmentally friendly, as sustainable, or to work at least towards being the best of what we can be. Yeah, yeah. And on the environmentally friendly topic, you've got your, obviously got your own eco scene fuel. We've talked about this previously with uh, Robin and the the, en- the engines on the Skyrora rocket. Obviously, Skylark L is just using the high-grade peroxide and kerosene. Still a reasonably clean burning fuel, um, but obviously even better with the eco scene because it's essentially using materials that would have ended up in landfill or elsewhere, just rotting away in the ground, not doing any good for the environment. But you guys are taking that breaking it down into something tangible and something actually useful, uh, launching satellites and everything up in the space, the eco scene. 
I think that's one thing I can maybe give you a little exclusive on. We're hoping to have our demonstrator site for Ecosine coming to the UK within the next sort of six to 12 months. And I'm sure when I get that up and running properly again, I'll, I'll happily come on. Or if you're up up in the area, we'll get you up so you can have a little tour. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Thank you very much. Yeah, we'd, we'd be happy to try and get somebody yeah. out there. Yeah. Joey might have to take a flight or two to get here though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there there might be a layover involved. <laughs> we'll get you over here. Well, it, that's okay. I, I'm sure if we get you over here, Joey, it's a layover then a hangover, so it's it's not a bad thing. <laughs> Is there any other other updates that you'd like to share, Derek? Is other than the uh, that that thing on equal scene? Well, I, I think the big one just now, and again, it probably goes back to uh, what the transport minister was saying, was about the future. So I'm, I'm not too sure if you would have heard, we recently put out for our engineering interns as well as our business interns. So I thought I was in a hard situation going through our business interns when we had 50 applications and some really, really good applicants in there. And it's, we had to narrow that down to about 10 to do interviews and then to take one person. Uh, we ended up taking two uh, because we couldn't decide between the two. Uh, but if we looked at the engineering side, there was two positions there and there was over 300 applications. <laughs> and the thing is, you look at them and how do you start to sort of bring them down other than a matrix-based approach? And so that's what the team's having to do and they're still actually going through them. But that's 300 people wanting two internships. So that just makes us think, well, what else is going on? What, how can we help? So we, we were talking about this at the advisory board and Tim Peake, the former Easter, ESA astronaut who is on our board, was saying, well, why don't we speak to the UK Space Agency, say, well, we've got X amount of these. Is there other people, is there other programs that you're aware of that we can maybe pass them over to? So we're looking at options with that as well because we we wish we could take all three hundred. <laughs> right. We just we have a bit of a rule that we we need so many experienced heads to every intern because there's no point bringing someone on when they can't learn and can't have that backup and that experience yeah. with them. Fantastic. We've got yeah, a qu question sure. in the chat, um, uh, Kage, just asking uh, from uh, becoming multiplanetary on the show. Um, what's the major milestone that you're most excited to reach? Um, what challenges do you need to overcome to reach it? That's a very good question. I think there, I think there's two. Uh, for me, there's two main challenges. I can't say there's one because I really want to see Skylark L go launch this year because it'll be the first UK commercial rocket to go above the Carmen line. And that's that for me is big, considering the company will be just turned four, give or take, when it goes uh, by a month or so. But then the next one will be the year after, obviously, the first demonstrated XL going. Uh, to see both of these and that being done in less than five years, to me, I, is amazing. Uh, and I always laugh when people talk about Scotland because they say that we're always very inventive. We have great engineers. But with Skyrora, there, there's been that we've pulled in the best. So a lot of engineering companies go out, uh, have an idea, and then try, have to go around scrambling to try and get funding in from VCs, things like that. Whereas we've been back from the very beginning and then went and hired the people we've wanted and required. 
So the likes of Dr. J.J. Marlowe from Kingston University, Robin Haig, who you spoke about. Uh, there's plenty I could go into this, but if we do that, we'll be here for another three hours. Uh, <laughs> but those sorts, of, it, it gave us that prudence that we could take what we wanted. We knew what we had. We knew our funding. We knew our balance. So uh, to see it going from basically five, five men in a room or well, five people in a room, I shouldn't say five men, there's females there as well. Uh, so five people in a room to basically a company that's going to be near about 300 people and have launched two vehicles in the space. It's just going to be an amazing day. Yeah, just rapid development and absolutely. hopefully it'll just carry on at the same, spa- same pace and just absolutely uh, take off. Is there anything else you want to come in with, Joy, before we wrap everything up? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it seems like working with the various like space agencies, ESA, NASA, and, and probably some others uh, scattered around the globe, uh, they probably like want to help as much as they can. I mean, they've got restrictions and regulations they've got to follow as far as what they ca- can help you with, uh, even as just as far as like consulting and things. Um, have you like had like some real awesome experiences with, with an agency maybe you could tell us about? Yeah, so... I, because I try and looking at licenses for where if we're launching overseas. So I've I spoke with the UK Space Agency, the Australian Space Agency uh, equivalent, uh, South American one, and the FAA uh, for launch licenses. And I have to admit, I love the FAA because it it's such an easy to use system for us uh, and again please don't take that as me having a kick at our system because it's in its development but for someone to be able to have something well and it's just like a tick box exercise for me is great <laughs> so you're going through and after seeing that it's just given me so much hope for what the uk can develop because i know the uk is speaking obviously with the the space bridge to australia so they're talking with them they're talking to the americans and they're talking all around the world and with ESA to try and get the regulations correct and liability and all this so seeing how it actually is in play in america and knowing that the uk is looking to not just emulate it but take the best parts of that the best parts of new zealand australia and just make one big that for me that was absolutely exciting so i would have to say the one that i've had great fun dealing with would be the americans and it's just because as i say that i i'm not an engineer i've came from a banking and finance sector background uh so to grow and learn as i have been with the uk space agency but then to see like oh wait there's a bigger brother oh oh my god that's so cool (laughs) uh that's really that's what it was like i was kind of in awe when i was speaking to them like yeah this is going to be good this is going to be awesome and it again it just gave me a it's strange to say you get a boost from sort of going through paperwork but it gave me a boost knowing how not easy it's going to be but how simplified it's going to be for people to actual launch and it bring, goes back to us trying to bring space back to the normal person and f- for space to be used for day-to-day use so uh, that was the whole reason it was exciting. Cool. That's a good answer. I like that. <laughs> but uh, absolutely, uh, a big thank you, Derek, for popping on the show today. Um, would you like to tell the viewers where they can find Scar online? 
Yeah, certainly. If you'd like to find out more about Skyrora, your best place is to check us out on Twitter, which is at Skyrora underscore LTD, I believe. Uh, Facebook is just Skyrora. And then if you search us on YouTube for that as well. Uh, we do have a TikTok channel. I don't have a clue what it is, uh, <laughs> but we're hoping to sort of get more and more out on that. Uh, I heard you. I've this before. And, <laughs> yeah, I, I've said it before. I'm closer to 40 than I am 14. So when it comes to TikTok, I'm a little bit out of my zone. So I, I, that's why we're looking at all the interns, honestly, so they can come on and try and teach me how to use it. A bit of a dinosaur here. And of course, uh, up on top on the Skyrora website, uh, skyrora.com, you can get, actually buy some Skyrora merch up there, like, like you're modeling right there, Derek. <laughs> That's so, it. So if you want to get your Skyrora hat or T-shirt, go up on the website and, and uh, get some from there. But uh, if you'd like to support what we do, head over to patreon.com forward slash total space like our newest patreons this month uh, michael mars and ryan mcdonald you can get early access to episodes chat with special guests like skyrara today join our discord community and lots of other exclusive content at patreon.com forward slash total space i've been ryan from the space update i'm astral roadie from stem study thanks for joining us today joy and i'm Derek harris from scotland funny way enough Thanks for joining us, Derek. And as always, like and subscribe right here on YouTube and Odyssey. I'm Ryan. This is the Space Update. Catch you next week.